0: Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell, and today I have the wonderful and lovely Christy Anabuilo on the show. Christy is an author, speaker, and Bible teacher, and today we're going to talk about Bible genres. It's something I don't know that we talk and think about enough, but Christy has written a wonderful book called Literarily on the topic, and so I wanted her to help us understand it. So here's my question. I'd love for you to talk about Bible genres, and tell us, what are they?
1: Thank you. It sounds like such a simple question, what are genres, but it is such a full question because I spent a lot of my time thinking about it, and I hope that I can encourage everyone to um, really consider genre in, and and kind of add um, meditation and consideration of genre in your study of Scripture. So, uh, genre. Funny word. Um, And it's a general word that means um, to organize or to categorize things, just in the way that we categorize books as fiction and nonfiction. We categorize music, jazz, gospel, country, RB. We categorize movies fantasy, um, science fiction, drama, comedy. Um, So we are familiar with genres, is what I'm saying. Similarly, Bible genres help us to organize the books of the Bible, and in doing so, it helps us to make sense of how to read them, um, to know what to expect from each book, and the genres kind of show and tell the message of the Bible in a particular way through stories and speeches and poems and, um, and songs and liturgies and prayers. And they help us to read the scriptures both literally, such as when we're given commands to obey or treat to hold on to, but also literarily, according to the literary makeup of the book or the chapter or the section of scripture that we happen to be reading. So genres provide guidance, guidance for us, uh, not only in big picture ways of kind of knowing where we are in the big story of the Bible, but also providing us guidance on a specific passage, how to structure the text for study, whether we think about it and follow it as a plot or as an argument or as a letter or prayer or poem. So those, there are elements that inform the kinds of questions that we ask of the text depending on the genre. So, let me back it up a little bit a little bit more. Think about the big story of the Bible. Like what is the Bible all about? Well, better question is, who is the Bible all about? And so we know that the Bible is one story that is chronicling for us in epic fashion the story of our lord and savior jesus christ and so why then how do genres play into that well think about the first five books of the bible um are the law so god gives his law to lay down his expectations for his people he, he gives the law in the context of creating, right, creating a world and creating a people to inhabit that world. And then that people he gives very specific instructions to on how what he expects of them and how to live in a way that honors him. So those are the first five books of the Bible. Genesis through Deuteronomy is called the Torah um, or the Pentateuch then the next section of the bible are the narratives and that goes from uh, joshua through uh, esther and um those books are stories not made up stories his history and so a lot of times with the narratives you will hear them called um uh old testament history or old testament historical narratives but they show us the lived experience of god's people Through history and how his plan for humanity is unfolding, we see that as the narratives unfold, there are people live in ways that um, echo God's expectations of them. But oftentimes they also live in ways that are contrary to what God expects of them. And so we see that lived experience, and we see how God responds, and we see how people try to tease out what it looks like to live according to God's law. Then we have the prophets. The prophets speak God's word to his people, calling them. So the prophets are saying, hey, um, you guys are not living as God has expected you to, and the prophets will often go back to the law, and they'll say, hey, this is what God's law says. This is how you're living, and now we're calling you to repentance and faith. So they speak God's word, reminding, them of, uh, reminding the people of God's expectations, and then calling them to repentance and faith warning them of the consequences of their sin, and then helping them learn what the future holds for them in consequence to to, um, obedience or in consequence to disobedience. Then, so we have the prophets, and they go from um, Isaiah through Malachi. And (laughs) yes, then we also have—oh, I skipped the poetry and wisdom books. So between the uh, narratives— and the prophets we have poetry and wisdom literature so we see um jove and song of solomon and ecclesiastes in the wisdom literature we see the book of psalms in the poetic literature and what the poetry is doing is recalling history so going back through the narratives also going back through to the law, and it's recalling history and God's law through prayer and song and liturgy and calling calling God's people to worship and to remembrance. And then the wisdom literature is, what does it mean to live under God's law in specific aspects of life? So, for example, Job is teaching us how to live wisely in the midst of suffering. Song of Solomon is teaching us how to live wisely in romantic relationships, for example. And so wisdom literature is teaching people the value and meaning of life through proverbial wisdom. Okay, so that takes us through the Old Testament. And now in the New Testament, we have the Gospels and Acts, and these are generally narrative, but this is if the law starts with God's expectations of his people— and how they respond through the narratives and through the poetry and the prophets, then the Gospels and Acts are God's law, lived, personified in the person of Jesus Christ. That's the Old Testament. So now in the New Testament, we have the Gospels and Acts, and here we see God's law embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. The Gospels and Acts are generally narrative, but they singularly focus on the life and teachings of Christ, our Savior, whom all of the Old Testament history and prophets and poets anticipate, who was the only one who perfectly lived out all of God's law, all of his expectations. And so when we move into the New Testament, we are really getting a fuller picture of God's expectations for um, he's he's uh, for Israel and um, the people that he is calling to be his treasured possession. And in the New Testament, we see God's promise of the Savior fulfilled in Jesus Christ and then how we live that out as a church. And that's exactly what you see in the epistles. They are letters written to churches and to individuals to instruct them and to logically clarify the teachings of Christ and helping us to see how the church should live in light of the gospel. The gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the book of Acts we're putting in there because it's another kind of history or narrative uh, portion. But then we have the epistles, and they're going to take us through um, Romans all the way through Jude. Jude. And then finally, we get to the apocalyptic literature. And this is highly symbolic content that people are afraid of, but don't be afraid of apocalyptic literature. Why? Because it's focusing on what is referred to as the end times. And apocalyptic just means um, reveal, like revelation. It is the revelation of God and how history will come to a close and how eternity Will be in its fullness. And so it focuses on what's referred to as the end times and shows us, um, again, where history is headed and gives us a glimpse of of eternity. And as we move through the genres, remember we started off with the law telling us God's expectations. Well, in apocalyptic literature, when we get to the end, we're going to see God's law not just perfectly lived out. Um, in christ who came to earth but we get to experience as god's people as the bride of christ um, in our glorified bodies and in the new heavens and the new earth we get to live out god's law as he had always intended and that is the beauty of um, the book of revelation but it's also the beauty of the climax of this full story of god's redemptive god's redemptive plan And so the genres are kind of ways that we can hone down uh, where we are in the story. But together, if we look at them as a whole, they are telling us the story of God's redemptive plan.
0: Yes, I actually um, quote you in 52 Weeks in the Word, in my book, 52 Weeks in the Word. um, I quote you on page, so for those of you who have the book and you're reading through, if you look on page 59, you will find um, where I list the Bible genres, and I quote Christy. Christy said, the Bible is meant to be understood according to its literary genre. We say literary genre because the Bible is an inspired work that uses conventional literary techniques to aid our understanding. And that's where I want to land our plane and also pray thank you, that, that we would gain understanding as we think about the genre, as we think about the way that it was written. um, And, and it was all intentional and really actually remarkable <laughs> if we look at the scriptures and think through it um, this way. So, Christy, would you pray for us um, briefly that we would gain understanding as we're reading the Word?
1: Yes, I would love to. Uh, Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you, Father, that you have given us um, a message of life and eternal life, Lord, and that you have given us this message of eternal life um, through your son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we pray, Lord, that as we study the word of God, as we think about things like genre and logic and poetry and um, stories and plots, but Lord, these would not be intellectual exercises but that they would be spiritual encounters with you, that learning these tools and learning these strategies would aid us not just in good Bible study techniques, Lord, but that they would it would make it easier for us to engage with you, to commune with you, to fellowship with you, and thus for our lives to be changed. Father, we need you. We need your word, and we thank you for the beautiful way that you have um, put together this book so that we might grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Christy.